choose joy today. Choose joy. It's a choice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It's a choice whether you will dwell on circumstances for happiness or let the eternal, internal joy of Christ rule. Welcome to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Why is it that in this season, many of us struggle to find joy? But regardless of the way we feel, Jesus wants to give us His joy. In John 15, 11, He tells us, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you. Here's David with the second part of his message called, Joy. I want to tell you some great news in case you're living in the past with extraordinary guilt. That on the cross, Jesus absorbed all of our sins so that when we confess Him as Lord and Savior, all of our sins are on His body, not ours, and we're guilt-free in the sight of God. May I tell you some wonderful news that if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, God is an eternal amnesiac. Isn't that good news? You want to give God glory for that? He's an eternal amnesiac. And you know what? All of my goofball sins for which I'm terribly ashamed and embarrassed, if I went to God right now and said, Lord, do you remember when I, he would say, David, I distinctly remember forgetting that as far as the east is from the west God remembers our sins no more Jesus suffered an excruciatingly physically painful death and he considered it joy why because he knew that would be God's way of bringing us into a relationship with him He knew the cost of his physical suffering for the moment didn't compare with the eternal glory that would come in you and me being saved and having a relationship with God forever. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Did you catch that? For the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He considered the cross joy. How crazy. The joy in Jesus' day, excuse me, the cross in Jesus' day was for the hardened criminals. And when you died on a cross, what killed you was asphyxiation. Not the nails driven in your wrists and feet, but asphyxiation, smothering. The only way you could breathe was to raise up on your toes and breathe in, then come down and breathe out. Then sometime, over time, when you had no more strength in your body, eventually your lungs would fill up with water, be smothered by other organs, and you'd die. That's what happened with Jesus. He died by smothering. He died by asphyxiation. Six hours on the cross for us. The word excruciating comes from the two Latin words excrucis, which means from the cross. Jesus suffered an excruciatingly, physically painful death And he considered it joy. Why? Because he knew that would be God's way of bringing us into a relationship with him. He knew the cost of his physical suffering for the moment didn't compare with the eternal glory that would come in you and me being saved and having a relationship with God forever. He thought that was joyous to go through suffering. Joy comes in doing the will of God. And because of that, God even exalted Jesus to be at his right hand, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God exalts us when we exalt Jesus to his primary place. J, Jesus first. O is what? Others next. God made you to serve, not be served. 
He wants us to live to give. In fact, our depression might even lift if we learn how to give our lives away, especially to the needy and the hurting. Isaiah 58.10. I wrote this verse on a bracelet I gave to Marilyn years ago on one of our anniversaries. It's her favorite verse in the Bible. Here's what it says. Read it with me. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as... Did you catch that? If you'll find somebody who's worse off than you are and go serve them, particularly the poor, the needy, the hungry, the oppressed, your depression might lift. As we learn how to give, God then blesses us. We need to learn how, as one person said, sow a seed to our need. Whatever your need is, give away and see then if your need's not met. If you have a child who's wayward, maybe give to an organization that's helping wayward children and see if your own need's not met. If maybe you have a financial need, scrape together something and give it to somebody else who's in greater need than you are and see if God then doesn't give back to you. Live to give because God created us for others. And when we serve others, somehow it releases in the heavenlies God's ability to bless us. I can't explain it. I don't understand it, but it's true. Let me give you an example. Last week I was at our new Fort Mill campus. It opened up last week for the first time. It has 934 seats in it. There were over 1,000 people on campus last week. Isn't that cool? Our second campus has opened up. We have now one at Ballantyne, 800 people. Now one at Fort Mill last week, over 1,000 people. Now you can applaud, okay? That's, that's a really great thing. Let me show you some pictures from last week. It was Field of Dreams, folks. Build it and they'll come. I mean, line of cars getting on the campus. The place was packed with great worship and a tall, graying pastor that they kind of listened to. And kids' ministries, just like South Park, called the Exploratorium. It was really, really cool. And at the end of that, I just sat back and went, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Why you've used me, I don't know, but thank you. And then I thought, over the last 15 years at Forest Hill, we have built this sanctuary, which cost about nine or ten million dollars. We built the children's wing over there for about another eight million dollars. We opened the Ballantine campus last year for another five million dollars. And we opened the Fort Mill campus last week for another six million dollars. And here's what's really cool as I began to think about it. We have built somewhere between 25 to 30 million dollars worth of buildings in the last 12, 13 years. And folks, we have done it completely and totally debt free. We don't owe anybody anything, and yet we've done all of this. Isn't that great? Isn't that remarkable? And we have a policy of no debt here. We're not going to take it on because we believe debt strangles our ability to be generous. But here's what I want to tell you. As I thought about that, and plus you need to know that we've also given away in that same time period around 15 to 20 million dollars to different organizations and people here in Charlotte and around the world who need help. So we're going to close in on that more and more and give more than 30 away, I promise you, in the next 10 years or so. I promise we're going to bypass that. But here's what's cool. You may not know this part of the story. Back in the mid-90s, we began to see that we were in need of building something because of all the numbers coming here. We were in a gymnasium over here to my right, which is um, the, old, the uh, old gymnasium, which is now the present exploratorium for the children. And 
we went as the elders in the church and myself in prayer to God and said, may we build a new facility? And God said, no. And we said, why? And he said, because I want you first to build an inner city church a sanctuary before you build your own. Okay. So we built Community Outreach's worship center in Genesis Park. And they're worshiping there today. And it also houses the Harvest Food Kitchen, which serves thousands upon thousands of meals to the homeless and needy in Charlotte. We, we built that building about 13, 14 years ago. And then we came back together in prayer after that had been built. And we said, okay, Lord, now may we build our new facility. And the Lord said, no. We said, why? He said, because I want you first to become a church planting church. Went, okay. So we planted Lake Forest Church up in the Huntersville area, which now has about 1,500 to 2,000 people coming. Uh, we planted Threshold Church in Matthews, which is thriving. We planted Warehouse 242 in the Uptown area, which is doing well. And also, you may want to know this, though not an official Forest Hill Church plant, Transformation Church, where Derwin Gray is the pastor, came out of Forest Hill. And Derwin subbed for me during the summertime when I was away. I saw a preaching giftedness in him. Uh, he allowed that to grow till ultimately he planted this church. We've given about $30,000 for that church plant too. And they now have, as I understand it, around 2,000 people coming. So we have three official church plants and a kind of church plant with Derwin that we're so excited about. And after that, we went back to the Lord and said, okay, Lord, we built the inner city poor church. We've planted churches. Now, may we do this? And the Lord said, yeah, now you can do it. And did I tell you that over the last decade and a half or so, we've built all of these buildings debt-free? How did that happen? I'll tell you how it happened. Because first, we committed ourselves to others before we met our own needs. First, we committed ourselves to bless others before we received the blessing ourselves. Because we've learned around here, folks, God's desire is that we live to give. We live to give. Jesus first. What's the O stand for? Others second. That's the second aspect of joy. And I need to mention to you, before I move on to the why, do an experiment. Try, try this out over the next couple of days. First of all, Pray for God to give you a heart for somebody else who's really in need. Just, just, you may not even know that person, but ask God to give you an image or a name of somebody who's really in need, okay? And then commit to go bless that other person with a financial gift or your presence or your time, whatever it is. But you say, in the next couple of days, I'm going to go bless that person. It happened to me this morning. I did it this morning. I said, Lord, I'm going to experiment. You told me to do it with the congregation. I'm going to do it. Give me somebody who needs your help. So this morning I was doing live radio, WBT radio. I do that sometimes, eight from nine, eight to nine. And, and while I was there, there was somebody walking the halls, and in my heart, the Holy Spirit, anybody know what I'm talking about here? Said, go bless him. I said, Lord, how do you want me to bless him? He said, take everything that's in your wallet and give it to him monetarily. Not the picture of my children, okay? I said, okay. So I walked up to him. As I was getting ready to leave the station, I said, I can't explain this. I don't understand this. But Merry Christmas. The Lord just told me to give this to you and to tell you that he loves you. He's in control of your life. He's working everything for good. Trust him. 
and he started weeping. You know what surged in my heart? Come on, folks, what surged in my heart when I did that? What? Joy. God's eternal joy because he made me to be a giver. So try that over the next few days. It's a way to increase joy. Secondly, start praying now for somebody to invite to the Christmas Eve services. You know the only thing that sets the angels off in a party in heaven? Luke 15 says, the only thing that causes the angels to rejoice is what? When someone who doesn't know Christ comes to faith. So pray for somebody you can bring on your arm. Christmas Eve services, people are never more spiritually sensitive than during the Christmas Eve time. And also during the new year, when people make New Year's resolutions, I'm going to finally be spiritual. And it lasts at least until around February the 15th, okay? Invite somebody. Let me tell you something. I've had a lot of tragedies in my life. I've had a lot of joy. I've been able to play basketball, for example, at Madison Square Garden on national television. That was a wonderful experience. But let me tell you, the greatest joy I've ever known is to think God uses this tall, frail, broken man to bring somebody else to Christ and affect his or her eternity. When that happens, folks, joy swells with So pray for God to burden your heart for somebody who doesn't know him and reach out. And then finally, the why is you and me. (laughs) If you figured it out, the world doesn't revolve around us. It just doesn't. Finally, let me encourage all of you to choose joy today. Choose joy. It's a choice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It's a choice whether you will dwell on circumstances for happiness or let the eternal, internal joy of Christ rule. In fact, Choosing it today, I heard a joke this week. I share it with you, okay? Three men, elderly men, were sitting on the park bench. And they all were just kind of goofy and happy with one another, smiling. And one of them finally looked at the other and said, why are you so joyful today? And he said, well, he said, honestly, uh, my my wife and I uh, have determined to have intimacy once every week from now on. Oh, And then he said, what about you? Why are you so happy today? And he said, well, honestly, my wife and I have determined to do it twice a week. And they looked at the third guy, and they said, well, why are you so happy? You look even goofier than we do. And he smiled and said, well, my wife and I determined to have intimacy once every year. And they said, once a year? Why are you so happy about that? He said, today's the day. I thought that was hilarious when I read it this week. And it puts new meaning on Psalm 118, 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Folks, in all seriousness, today's the day. Today's the day to choose joy in relationship with God. A couple of final verses. 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. The stuff you're going through right now is light and momentary in comparison to the glory that's awaiting you on the other side of eternity. So be joyful. As my dad said, his famous, or his favorite verse in all of the Bible, it came to pass. Secondly, Zephaniah 3.17. Some of you didn't even know there was a book in the Bible called Zephaniah. Here it is. 
The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Have you ever thought about the fact, if you love Jesus, the almighty Father of the universe is singing praise songs about you and me? So during those days when you feel discouraged, could you believe that God is singing praise songs over you? Several weeks ago, I was going through a deep discouragement. Joy wasn't there, focusing on the wrong things. And all of a sudden, I read this verse, and deep within my spirit, I just kind of heard the following. A voice singing. I love David, this I know. For my Bible tells him so. This little, weak, vulnerable one to me belongs. He is so weak, but I am strong. Yes, I love David. <laughs> Loud singing. Yes, I love David. Yes, I love David. My Bible tells him so. And when I listened to that, what began to spring in my heart? Joy. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. May we sing it this year without all the drama of putting our Christmas tree lights up, all of our familial stuff. May we sing it with all the joy that is within. To Christ be the glory. listening to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Coming up, David joins me in the studio in a conversation about the most important part of Christmas. We'll be right back. This is the Ministry Minute, focusing on ministries that have a positive impact on our community. I'm Mark McManus, and here is Jim Noble with the Dream Center Charlotte. Hello, my name is Jim Noble with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Dream Center. And Bo and I, the director of the Dream Center, just wanted to take a minute and tell you guys thank you. Moments of hope, David and Marilyn Chadwick, all of you there, Dean, we all have been phenomenal for us. Uh, you, you've been there since 08 when we started King's Kitchen and that kind of grew into the Dream Center and the meals we've fed the last eight weeks probably exceeding 55,000 now, I guess. Uh, we're so grateful you guys have made such an impact in the city by reaching out to those that have needs greater than we have. And uh, what do you think, Bud? Yeah, so it's been amazing to, to just watch the, the work that's happened um, with the meals as they've gone out. You know, uh, we, I always tell people it's not about the food, it's about the relationships that are formed and the ministry that takes place. And so, um, and JT Williams and Thomas Burrow and Reed Park, I mean, it has opened up doors that we never thought would be open. Um, you know, we've seen people come out um, and just welcomed us with open arms, just so grateful for the meals. And, and we just thank you, Moments of Hope, and just this couldn't be, this wouldn't be possible without you guys. And, you know, uh, the, the first call we made uh, when we decided to go this route and provide these meals was the Moments of Hope. And it was uh, a phone call that was met with a resounding yes. And so we're so appreciative of you guys and just um, everything you all do for us and for the kingdom. And not only that, but you uh, also sewed into our kitchen in the Dream Center now. This week started producing meals there, and as the restaurants open back up, all the meals will shift to the Dream Center. 
with the kitchen you helped us do. So we're so grateful you guys. God bless you. God bless Moments of Hope. And we just pray an unlimited return harvest on the seed you sowed into this ministry. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Moments of Hope. I'm Jen Houston, and with me is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, Jen. It's great to be with you. Well, in this morning's Moment of Hope, you confirmed that love is the most important aspect of Christmas. Well, it really is, Jen. And when you stop and think about those little baubles on our trees that have the word love written on it or on our mantles, we we might have a placard that says love. Um, It's something that even the unbelieving world desires so much. Um, But it is the earmark of the Christmas season. It is the word that describes why God sent his son into the world. Now, we need to understand that the major characteristic of God in the Old Testament probably is his holiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Isaiah 6, when the angels are singing before the throne of God daily, regularly, the words they are saying is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Interestingly, the only adjective that's used to describe God in triplicate is his holiness, holy, holy, holy. So we sometimes forget that God's holiness was what is offended by our sin. Mm -hmm. The only result of that particular encounter of our sinful with God's holiness can be his rejection and sending us to hell, but he didn't want to because he also has another major character, and that is his love. It's his love. So why did God send his son into the world? It's because of love. Mm -hmm. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And it's that love that caused Jesus to put on human flesh, to live the righteous life none of us can live, to absorb the wrath of God upon himself so that we wouldn't have to take that and then be raised from the dead to prove that his forgiveness had really occurred. Then the ascension to heaven where he offered to the Father our lives forgiven through Mm -hmm. grace. And that is the the infilling of the Holy Spirit that happened thereafter when God poured out his spirit upon all of us to live in our now forgiven holy hearts as well. So we just need to remember that's the Christmas message. And and when we get into this debate about happy holidays versus Merry Christmas, Mm -hmm. I just don't even think about it. It's Merry Christmas Mm -hmm. because this time of year reminds us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And if we realize that love in our hearts, we should love one another. Mm. That's the command of Jesus in John 13, 34 and 35. By this, the world will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. Mm. So love is characteristic of this world and of the Christian life. And it's also going to be characteristic of the second coming, which I know is one of your favorite topics, interestingly, during Christmas. Yeah, it really is. As I become an adult, I've become more and more aware of the prophecies of course, fulfilled through Christ's first coming, but the abundance of prophecies about his second coming. Exactly. They are numerous, and they are driven by love as well. Why? Because God came the first time in Jesus to offer us the forgiveness of our sins through love. Mm. But the second coming is going to be the total restoration of this world to its original intent, eradicating sin in every possible form and style so that this world can operate as God originally intended it 
by love. (laughs) So that's what he's going to restore. Adam and Eve had perfect love between each other. It was corrupted by sin. Our ability to love one another is corrupted by sin. Mm -hmm. When Jesus returns in the second advent, he's going to make all things new. We're going to love one another like he intends us to love. This is so powerful. And it it reminds me of that Kellogg's phrase, taste it again for the first time. It's like my faith is growing again for the first time. I just fall more and more in love with Jesus as as you speak in this way and remind us of why he came. Yeah, and I think if we can understand the first advent was for the purpose of love, the second advent's going to be for the purpose Mm -hmm. of love. They're connected, and that should make all of us say, Merry Christmas, that's what this world is all about. This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Moments of Hope Church. We'd love to have you join us for worship this Sunday morning. We meet at Providence Day School, located at 5800 Sardis Road in South Charlotte at 10 a.m. You can find more information on our website, momentsofhopechurch.org. And while you're online, be sure to sign up for David's daily Moment of Hope delivered every morning to your inbox. And also check out David's Hopecast. They're both free and available at momentsofhopechurch.org. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston, hoping a spirit of joy is with you and your loved ones this Christmas.